Okay. Yay. Door's closed. Mike is here. Audio. The, the microphone. Not there's no mic. There's oh, no, yeah, mic, no. no mic. Um not that we know of. Mike, are you here? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Girl. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this is Bedtime Stories. And am I mistaken, or is this our 30th episode? We are 30 years old. Bitch, 30 years. 30 episodes old. I'm 31. And I am not. Old. You're not. All right. She's an actress, so she's gonna, you know, not reveal. My range is <laughs> <laughs> Yes, bitch. Anywhere from 19 to 35. Oh. So. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? All right. On a good day. On a good day. <laughs> Ooh, queen. Look at you. Anyways, welcome back, you guys, to episode 30. Yeah, welcome back. So we're back to our usual shenanigans. No more holidays. Until Christmas. Until Christmas if you celebrate is, Christmas. Yeah, coming up. Christmas, or Hanukkah. Just take advantage of the time off from work. We got some work. We got some shows coming up. Yes. So what do you have? I have the ultimate Christmas show abridged. Yeah, you do. I sure do. Which, of course, is directed by our very own Mary Angela Saavedra. Um, it's me and uh, uh, Jim Broyles, who uh, does a lot of work with us, and Kate Bianco, who is also very hilarious and talented. She was in Shell Silverstein with me. That's how I met her previously. Um, I just want to make sure I get the dates right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is December 7th and 8th, which is a Friday and a Saturday. The Friday is at 8 p.m. The Saturday is at 2 and 8 p.m. And then also December 14th and 15th, same thing, Friday, Saturday, 8 on Friday, 2 and 8 on Saturday. You can get tickets at Casa Buena CP, Casa Buena, uh, Casa Buena CP.com, which is for cultural productions. Casa Buena is C-A-S-A-B-U-E. I'm looking at it and I'm still having trouble. I'm oh so gosh. sorry. C A S A B U E N A C P dot com. Casa Buena, which means it means White House, but technically it's how it's house white because they do the noun and then the adjective in Spanish. Uh Casa Buena C P. It's Casa Buena Cultural Productions dot com. Uh and yeah, tickets are available there. It's gonna be at Allen's Lane Art Center, which we do a lot of stuff there. So, Sarah, what uh, what are you doing? Uh, I have a quick little tiny something that by the time you guys hear this, it'll be Thursday. Um, so it's going to be the following Monday, the 10th. I am doing a totally low-key staged reading of Die Hard. What? <laughs> I have not heard about this. It just happened. They just texted me over Thanksgiving break. Who are you? Break. Uh, your girl is Holly McClain. Yeah! Yes, yes. I was like, are you Bruce Willis's wife? Yeah, you are. Yes. And, That's so um, cool. Tell and, me more about this. Tell me everything. Uh, yeah, I'm Holly McLean and Carl. Uh, I don't totally know who Carl is yet. I've got to read the script. But yeah, no, it's super low-key. It's um, on Monday, December the 10th at Tattooed Mom at 7 or 
thirty, and um, it's with a, a theater company that I've worked with before doing a fringe show. And they texted me out of the blue on Thanksgiving, and they were like, "Do you are you available? Would you want to be a part of this?" And I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, I am!" And yes, I do. So yeah, I'm doing a stage reading of Die Hard, not to be confused with Die Hard, the musical. Get Rich or Die Trying Girl from Bob's Burgers, which is what I really <laughs> wish we were doing. But it's just the regular Die Hard. To get in the Christmas is, spirit. Um, one of the henchmen. Yeah, I'm playing he's, a henchman. He's the blonde guy. Cool. So yeah, it's That's super so cool. cool. It's super fun. It's low key. And um, when is it? I'm sorry, you just said It's December the 10th, 10th, Monday, and it's at either 7 or 7.30. One or the other. So yeah, I don't, I also, I'm awful at this, um, but I don't know if you have to buy tickets in advance or if they're just available at the door. It's one or the other, but it's on Facebook. Where it's only one or the other? I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. I'll look into it. But yeah. That sounds awesome. Oh, I know. I'm so excited. I've been like stalking them on Facebook ever since they mentioned that they were doing it. And I was like, oh my God, I would love to do this. And so I've just been like liking everything. And I thought that they had the cast already figured out and they might have, but then he texted me and I was like, Yes. That's awesome. That's so I'm cool. So yeah, I really want to come see that. That sounds really fun. So yeah, if you're in Philly and you want to go see Die Hard, a totally low-key staged, staged reading, reading of, of <laughs> Die, Die Hard. Hard. That's so funny. <laughs> Isn't that the best? Yeah. And I have to watch the movie now soon, too. Have like, you never seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. But, you know, it's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Got to watch Die Hard. And then I've got to do some, you know, character research. <laughs> <laughs> So I gotta excited. do a character study on Holly McClain. <laughs> Duh. What's next on the agenda? Um, I didn't know if shout outs was on the agenda or not. I really just, <laughs> I really just want to shout out to Lindsay again <laughs> because, um, so Lindsay and I work in different departments, so we very like we see each other very little, but when we do see each other, I really like her. Um, but she. Uh, was training someone new this week, so she like spent a lot of time at the office. And yeah, like I got to hang out with her, and we had a lot of fun. And she talked about how excited she was that she got a shout out on the podcast. Here you so go, now Lindsay, I'm like, guess what? Shout, I guess what, Lindsay? Shout out number two in a row. In a row. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. There you go. Um, but yeah, I just want to say hey to her again because <laughs> uh, she's cool. Yeah. I don't. I wish I had a pooper intended update, but things are quiet on that end. On that end, mm-hmm. it looks like he's taking it to the nearest DQ. I was gonna say it's just. I was gonna make a joke about it. <laughs> I was just gonna make a joke about it. Should I tell that? Yeah, there? I was like, do you want to elaborate, or are you gonna all just right, leave that? All right, all right, all right. Listen, okay, guys, and then we're going into our stories. Okay. So I just. <laughs> I'm having to build up the courage to tell this. Um, So I just spent Thanksgiving at home. And like we mentioned, we're both not from Philadelphia. So I went back home to Texas. And at the moment, my parents are in between homes. They sold their house and they bought 10 acres of land and they're building a new house on to that. But in the meantime, they have arranged to live in an RV. So I knew some of this mm-hmm. before I went home. But the underlying theme of all of this is if I had not gone home, I would have been murdered. So I had to go home and do this no matter what. I got home on Thanksgiving Day 
Come to find out, they didn't get the RV until the night before. And the night before was their first night living in the RV. (laughs) And I have Thanksgiving dinner at my grandmother's house. And then my mom proceeds to tell me that if I want to take a full shower and wash my hair while I'm home, I need to do it now. At grandma's. At grandma's after Thanksgiving dinner. So. (laughs) That's where it starts. (laughs) I took a shower there and that was the, I showered on Thursday and then I did not shower again until I got home on Tuesday (laughs) night. I just had to take a whore bath. In between then. <laughs> if you're from the South, you I know am, what that I is. I do, I do. Know what you that got is. a washcloth, a wet washcloth, and you, you wash, wash your the necessities. And your junk. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's your armpits, your your nani, and your butt. And that's there it. you go. And so that was my five days. But on top of that, we get to the RV and come to find out the tanks, which the tanks I guess, are where all of the liquids, Mm -hmm. the water, the waste, the drainage go into these tanks. And if you don't have it hooked up to a septic tank, it just sort of stays there until you can drain it. Mm -hmm. So those were already more than halfway full. So we were advised and told we could not go to the bathroom in the RV. You couldn't even pee? You could pee. Yeah, there we go. But you couldn't... You couldn't. You couldn't number poop. two. Couldn't poop. So <laughs> we basically, I spent the five days having to poop in public bathrooms, mm-hmm. primarily the Dairy Queen and the Walmart <laughs> that were the closest to where my parents had moved. And honestly, the Dairy Queen was the closest. So we made a joke. I gotta, I gotta go to the Dairy Queen. What do you, you want? Something you want a blizzard? I gotta go. <laughs> do you want anything while I'm there? Chicken, chicken nuggets, chicken titters. What do you want? A steak finger basket. On Mondays and Tuesdays they have specials. <laughs> you know this so, now. And by the time I left, the bathtub was halfway full of halfway. standing water. What? Because it couldn't drain. And yeah, it was really glorified camping. Gotcha. Gross. And that was my... So that's why I mentioned the Dairy Queen. Yeah, the DQ. Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. You want a blizzard? (laughs) It's almost like you're getting rewarded to go poop, though. (laughs) Uh, If I go poop, it means I get some fucking ice cream. I need to poop. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave a spiral and I'm gonna pick up a spiral. <laughs> Chocolate dipped. <laughs> Can't. Oh my god. What is this podcast? God, I thought I was gonna cry when she told me this story earlier. You guys, I was literally falling over. I was standing up and I had to like lean against the wall. I was laughing so hard. Oh. She also did this motion where she like put her hand out. She's like, you, you need like I'm going to Dairy Queen. It was, oh, it was so funny. Sarah, what are you talking about this week? Wait, y'all, y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about, about some ghosts? ghosts? 
We did it. We did it again. We, we did. I'm so proud. So this week, I want to take a bite of this first. Eating this candy cane. You're a biter? A candy cane biter? Mm-hmm. I'm a make it a sharp pointy unicorn horner. <laughs> a shank maker. I'm a shank maker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. This is, that's, yeah, that's what it is. I'm... The two types of people. I'm sucking on this candy cane until I turn it into a shiv. And I would rather just bite. She's it like, I'm just gonna bite it. it. <laughs> <laughs> two kinds of people in this world, I guess. So I'm going off script. I don't have any notes because this week I want to talk about my personal story of when I went to audition for that ghost hunting TV show. Ah! So as many of you men remember in episode five... Did we not talk about that much? Nope. Um, I only talked about recording the pilot or filming the pilot at the Gettysburg Dime Museum. R.I.P. Rest in peace. It's now closed. But I mentioned a few times that the audition process was in and of itself a fucking trip and a half story. (laughs) I'll do that another time. And I figured what better time than episode 30 to tell my tale... I also think I'm probably past the like NDA agreement. I feel like it was only for a year, and it's mm. definitely been a year since I signed any of that stuff. Cool. So, here's the story. I, as a young child in high school, watched Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures, and I fucking loved it. I remember spending Halloween nights, at least two years during high school, holed up in my room watching one of Ghost Hunters' All night long live investigations. I love that shit. So when I received a message on Backstage.com <laughs> for a ghost hunting TV show, of course I jumped at that idea and that opportunity. So the show was pitched to me in this email. And of course, Backstage.com is like an online forum for actors. And you have to pay yearly like for a subscription. And... They reached out to me and said, we're doing a show that's going to be based in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, but would ideally travel all over the state. It's going to be um, a paranormal investigation show, and it's going to feature five women (laughs) dressed in slightly provocative clothing investigating (laughs) mainly male-dominated hauntings (laughs) to see what would happen. That's basically the gist of it. That's not, they, of course, worded it a little better. But the long and the short is, we're going to put some girls out there and some lingerie in these areas that are supposed to have really conservative male ghosts, and we're going to see if it stirs up some shit. (laughs) And so I went, sure, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I submitted my stuff, and I got an email saying, we'd like for you to come out and audition. And the audition took place in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, at this cute little fucking hotel. Not quite a bed and breakfast, but like a little hotel and suite kind of situation. Mm-hmm. But the they were in the lobby area. So Gettysburg is about a two-hour drive. And I was also in my old car, which is your old car, that we both went through. But that car was... As you know, not the easiest to drive. No, it was a beast. It was a beast. So I drove out to Gettysburg in, oh my gosh, was it November, December? Sometime when it was fucking snowing, Mm -hmm. like that time of year. It did not snow on my drive out there. 
I drove out, I got to the hotel, and my audition was supposed to be at like 12, and I figure, cool, I'll drive out to Gettysburg, I'll do this audition, it'll take max an hour, because that's what auditions take, and then I'll probably spend a few hours in Gettysburg, and I'll explore, I'll see what there's to see, like, cool, I'll make use of this two-hour drive, and I'll enjoy my time. I got to the hotel, I walk in, and they're at the back end of this big, very dated in decoration, lobby. And this is apparently a production company that does and did a lot of paranormal shows, witchy shows, things of that nature. And so they had their, like, posters put up. But then they also had decorations, like Halloween decorations, like caution tape and, like, a plastic severed like foot. Like zombie. Exactly. <laughs> what I used at the zombie escape room that I ran. I'm not kidding you. The exact same props. <laughs> I get in. I see that there's two couches and there's, like, a slew of other girls sitting there. And I walk in and I sign in and I'm like, hi, you know, I'm Sarah. I'm here. I have a 12 o'clock audition. They're like, great. They hand me some paperwork. They're like, fill this out and bring it back and they'll call you in in a minute. One other thing I forgot to mention about this audition was that they asked us to come in regular audition clothes, but to also bring a piece of lingerie. (laughs) I did not do that because your girl don't do that. I went in... um, like waist high, tight, you know, jeans. Uh, Not like green pants. No, it was my acid wash. <laughs> my acid wash jeans, chunky heeled boots, and um, like just a black tank top with a flannel shirt over it. So I was like, I'm going to take my flannel shirt off. There's the outline of my body. Suck it. Not putting on lingerie for you. Right. Um, Especially not for an audition. Yeah, exactly. An audition for a TV show without being paid anything? No. mm -mm, Not doing it. So, I show up in my outfit. I got my flannel on. These girls that I see when I go to sit down with the paperwork she gave me, some of them are really dressed to the nines. One girl had these crazy heels on. They were gorgeous, but like huge fucking heels. Um, she also had her friend with her who was not auditioning, who she's another story in and of herself. And what she talked about the entire time that we were there, girl, (laughs) it was a day. All right. So I get in, I've got my paperwork. I sit down and I go to look at the paperwork thinking that it's just a normal audition sign in sheet, which is typically name, sometimes height, weight, um, you know, address, email, et cetera. It's that. But underneath that is about four pages of a short answer questionnaire. A fucking short answer test. Four pages stapled that they wanted me to answer these questions. Um, What does paranormal mean? What does EVP mean? What And like answer in the best of your ability. And it went on and on. What does EVP mean? Um... Some of them I don't even know. I didn't answer half of them. I sat down and I started looking through it and I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) What is this? Is this an audition? Is this a, am I in class? Why am I having to fill this out? This is ridiculous. So I filled it out and (laughs) turned it in and went back and sat down. And that's when I noticed 
that the stage manager had started bringing more girls in and um what seemed to be happening was she was going and she was like taking the stage manager would take a picture of you and then she was leading you over to a door which is typically normal of an audition but what was different was that this door had two pieces of black fabric covering the door mm-hmm. so you're like walking through black fab black fabric she says something to the girl before she sends her in and then she sends her in and when that fabric opens and the girl walks through all we see is darkness with a little bit of red light <laughs> and then she walks in and then the audition happens and they send her out through some other door so we don't see her Never ever again come back yes we don't see her again <laughs> So we're all sitting there going, what the fuck are they wanting us to do? Here's what they wanted us to do. Because I didn't leave. I sat there and did this. (laughs) You guys, I know all of these are huge red flags. And when I talk about this story, 27-year-old Sarah would have gotten up and left. 23-year-old Sarah, or however old I was, said, I'm going to wait this out and see what happens. I got up. They called my name. She said, you know, let me get two pictures of you. Uh, uh, Two pictures. She walks me over to the black curtain and she says, three things. You're going to walk into that room and it's going to be dark. You're going to look over to your right and there's going to be a chair sitting there with a blindfold. Go to the chair, sit down and put on the blindfold and await further instructions. So I went inside. (laughs) And it was dark and it was back. It was a panel of people being backlit by red light. So all you're seeing is red light and shadows. And as I looked to my right, I didn't see. I did, in fact, see the chair with the blindfold on it. Mm -hmm. But I also saw on the floor in front of it, they'd put down trash bags and they put down like a body bag with like a body in it, like a fake body in it. And then they had put down in like salt different symbols. And then they put down crime scene markers. (laughs) And then behind was a fucking backdrop. And again, all of these items. No, they brought you there to murder you. All of these items were those prop items that I had used. (laughs) Zombie. So I look in and I'm like, hmm, is this my usual job? Like, what am I doing? This is like my day job. This is my day job. So I sat down and I put on the blindfold. (laughs) Taking all this in. And I sat there. And I sat there. And I sat there. For so long. In silence. And I just sat there. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and it gets to that point, too, where you're sitting there and I, I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? What are they doing? What is this exercise? I don't remember doing this in undergrad. <laughs> and this is going to make a great story. So they finally said, all right, Sarah, we're going to turn the lights on. You can take your blindfold off. Let your eyes adjust to the light. I kid you not. Just have me sit in the dark. See Just sit in the dark, and we're going to record you. They were recording, because right. audition. So they turn the lights on. I take off the blindfold. They have me stand up. 
and I get to see this layout in front of me of the fucking <laughs> fake body bag and the chalk outline and the runes and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they start asking me questions and I'm standing there and I'm being charismatic and saying silly things. And uh, then they point me over to a table to my right that I did not see at first. And it's a table that's just spread out with a slew of different paranormal investigating tools, which is really cool. And they pointed me over there and they were like, to the best of your ability, tell us what these are. And I went through and just started naming everything because I, like I said, had done a lot of research (laughs) as a kid watching ghost hunters and I just start going through it and they end up loving it and they end up loving me and then they say we're going to give you we're going to give you a ticket that means you get to come back for the next round of auditions um did you bring another outfit and I went uh or did they say that or ah, hold on we're gonna bring it for another round and I think then they were like, can you do us a favor real fast? Can you take the flannel jacket off and do a spin? And I said, you know, my mama told me to get paid before I take my clothes off. <laughs> and they loved it. And they moved me on to the next round. <laughs> and I did not have to change clothes. So I left out the other door. But then I came back and sat with the girls and had my little ticket. Now, this is whole thing in and of itself from the moment I got to the hotel to when I got back to sit down with the girls has probably already been about two hours, right. maybe a little bit longer. So then the other girls have to go through. I love how most of the audition, the part that takes the longest is just the sitting in the dark. Oh my God. Yeah. That, that was all of it was sitting in the dark and I don't, I have an idea of what I think was happening. I'll get back to that in a minute. So, On top of sitting and waiting out there with those girls, like I mentioned, the one girl had brought her friend with her, and her friend was regaling us with her life story. (laughs) So it wasn't all that disinteresting. But it felt like it took forever to finally get to the second round. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the second round, they made us sit there and wait for forever, and then we had to go with the stage manager and take more pictures And then we went back in and they asked us, what's your availability for this? What's your thing on this? Cool. And it was more business stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I finally got to leave. And all in all, the whole thing took about six hours. (laughs) And so that's how I got the green light to go then and film a pilot episode for this show. We did originally start with four girls that they cast And one of them had to drop out, and so it ended up just being three of us. Mm -hmm. Originally, of course, they said they'd wanted five. We also, as I mentioned in episode five, we were working with a witch. Um, Her name was Madame Della, and she was like, she ran it along with her partner, which was the dude, I don't remember his name to save my life. Uh, But she was in the audition, and what I think was happening in the dark was I think she was, like, reading your, like, I don't know, like, like reading your aura or something. And I say that because before we went to film in Gettysburg, like, the next month, we met at another hotel and, like, signed paperwork, you know, the NDA, blah, blah, blah. You can use my image. And um, they had left out our files on the table, and one of the girls opened it, and the first page in her file was, like, a piece of paper and, like, in chalk or, like, in... um charcoal 
was like like uh, scribbled images, symbols, all on a page, like it had been traced out like a reading. And then the guy came over and was like, whoa, closing. It was like, you guys aren't supposed to see that. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? What is it? And to this day, I don't know. I don't know. And I got like a tiny glimpse of mine and I don't, I wish I remember what it looked like. But I, I don't know. I don't know what she wrote about me. I have no idea. I would love to know. I would love to know. But that was the audition. And then if you listen to episode five, you hear about the night that we filmed and how I also got read by a ghost. I got just read all over the place during this. Yeah. And I did regret it. Regret. (laughs) God. That was fun. So, yeah. So that's my story. I don't think I'll ever get myself into that situation ever again. (laughs) And ladies, if you ever go to an audition and they tell you, you're going to go into this room and it's dark and you're going to sit down and put on a blindfold... You're probably not going to get paid to do that in the long run, <laughs> and you're not even going to get to keep the footage for your reel, so I would just leave right now before you spend the time and the gas money. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <sighs> so that's my story. I love it. I didn't experience any ghosts other than the ghosts of that memory. <laughs> so I'm going to be talking about the Mothman of mm-hmm. West Virginia. I know Mary Angela wants to talk about some West Virginia ghosts and folklore as well. Mm-hmm. And she, I think we, she mentioned it like, cause I had talked about Mothman and she's like, Oh, that's West Virginia. Um, but, Oh, that was the other shout out. Stupid me. Uh, the other shout I wanted to give was to uh, Alice who I went to high school with. Who's been a very good supporter of our show. And, um, I wanted to clarify an idea that I had mentioned of hers when I, uh, we had a guest on, but I was like super, ripped and so I was a little dopey in how I was explaining her idea but anyway she was saying that she um is more likely to believe someone who has like less experiences with the paranormal than somebody who says that they're like sensitive to it because maybe they might not that not that either person is incorrect in what they've experienced but that they might then confuse other things that are not paranormal because they find themselves more sensitive to the paranormal. So maybe their radar is a little too sensitive uh, versus somebody who like is very skeptical, but they themselves are like, this is the thing I experienced and I normally don't believe in this kind of thing, but like this is what happened and I saw that. Anyway, she suggested uh, Mothman a while back and I was like, oh, I would totally talk about that. And then I never did. But um, until until today, today. on our 30th episode. Yay, so this is a big thank episode. Thank you, Alice. And thanks thank for listening. So in West Virginia folklore, the Mothman creature was reportedly seen in the Point Pleasant area of West Virginia between November 12th, 1966 to December 15th, 1967. So like a little bit over okay. a year. And the first newspaper to report it was uh, published in the Point Pleasant Register, dated uh, November 16th, 1966, titled, I can't talk today, (laughs) titled, Couples See Man-Sized Bird, dot, 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 Creature, dot, 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 something. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Couples See Man-Sized Bird, Creature, something. (laughs) The national press soon picked up the reports and helped spread the story across the United States because they're that like so much. What did they keep the same headline? Because they hope should so, have. Right? <laughs> the Mothman was introduced to a wider audience by Gray Barker in 1970 and later popularized by John Keel in his 1975 book The Mothman Prophecies, which was made into a movie with Richard Gere. 
claiming that there were supernatural events related to the sightings in connection to the collapse of the Silver Bridge. The Mothman appears in popular culture. Um, uh, we talked about the 2002 film, The Mothman Prophecy, starring Richard Gere, was based on Keel's book, and an annual festival in Point Pleasant is devoted to Mothman's Isn't legend. there a statue there, too? There is. There mm. is a statue. Look at you. Hi. Um, yes, the statue is in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, uh, also called The Winged Man. Mm. Mm-hmm. So on November 12th, 1966, five men who were digging a grave at a cemetery near um, Clendenin, West Virginia, claimed to see a man-like figure fly low from the trees over their heads. This is often identified as the first known sighting of what became known as Mothman. Mm -hmm. Shortly thereafter, on November 15th, 1966, two young couples from Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette, told police they saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up. Mm. They described it as a large flying man with 10-foot wings following their car while they were driving in an area outside of the town known as the TNT area, the site of a former uh, World War II munitions plant. During the next few days, other people reported similar sightings. Two volunteer firemen who saw it said uh, it was a large bird with red eyes. Mason County Sheriff George Johnson commented that he believed the sightings were due to an unusually large heron. He ter- he had termed the shite poke. <laughs> Contractor, I like that one better. The shite poke. Um, <laughs> I, was listening, I was listening the other day about, um, I guess it was Fort Delaware, and I was <laughs> the guy where I was like, he called it uh, Pip Ash Island <laughs> because he had <laughs> a French accent. It's actually um, it's P-Patch. But he's a Pip Ash because he's French. But this is a shit poke. But this is shite poke. Shite poke. Uh, contractor uh, Newell Partridge told Johnson that when he aimed a flashlight at a creature in a nearby field, its eyes glowed like bicycle reflectors, which I'm like, Bleh! and blamed buzzing noises from his television set and the disappearance of his German shepherd dog on the creature. Wildlife biologist Dr. Robert L. Smith, not to be confused with Robert Smith of The Cure, who <laughs> on South Park transformed into a giant moth. Wildlife biologist Dr. Robert L. Smith, I just think that's a weird coincidence, at West Virginia University, told reporters the descriptions and sightings all fit the Sandhill Crane, which, remember, somebody else thought it was a heron, mm-hmm. a large American crane almost as high as a man with a seven-foot wingspan Holy featuring God. circles of reddish coloring around its eyes and that the bird may have wandered out of its migration route. This particular crane was unrecognized at first because it was not native to the region. After the December 15, 1967 collapse of the Silver Bridge and the death of 46 people, the incident gave rise to the legend and connected the Mothman sightings to the bridge collapse. Don't ask me how. Mm. (laughs) Call me Billy Joel and don't ask me why. That's a Billy Joel song. In 2016, WCHS-TV published a photo purported to be a Mothman taken by an anonymous man while driving on Route 2. Science writer Sharon A. Hill proposed that the photo showed a bird, perhaps an owl, carrying a frog or a snake away, and wrote that there is zero reason to suspect it is the Mothman as described in the legend. There are too many far more reasonable explanations. Like what? Like it, a, a bird carrying like a bird. an animal. All right. <laughs> um, folklorist Jan Harold Brunvard notes that Mothman has been widely covered in popular press, some claiming sightings connected with UFOs and other claiming that a military storage site was Mothman's home. 
Renvard notes that recountings of the 1966 to 67 Mothman reports usually state that at least 100 people saw Mothman, with many more afraid to report their sightings, but observed that written sources for such stories consisted of children's books or sensationalized or undocumented accounts that failed to quote identifiable persons. Brinvard found elements in common among many Mothman reports and much older folk tales suggesting that something real may have triggered the scares and became woven with existing folklore. He also uh, records anecdotal tales of Mothman supposedly attacking the roofs of parked cars inhabited by teenagers. So, you know, you go necking at Lover's Lane and he's like, or whatever sound Mothman makes. Um, I don't know. That's That's accurate. That would scare any preteen, wouldn't it? Any teenager. That would scare me, and I'm a grown-ass woman. Mm -hmm. Conversely, Joe Nichols. Especially if I was half naked. If I was half naked, I'm necking, and I hear, on the roof, right? Like, get out of here. Conversely, Joe Nichols says that a number of hoaxes followed by the publicity generated by the original reports, such as a group of construction workers who tied flashlights to helium balloons. Nickel attributes the Mothman reports to pranks, misidentified planes, and sightings of a barred owl or an albino owl, suggesting that the Mothman's glowing eyes were actually the red eye effect caused from the reflection of the light from flashlights or other bright light Mm. sources. Yeah, I was going to say, some animals have glowing red eyes. Yep. The area lies outside the snowy owl's usual range. According to the University of Chicago, psychologist David A. Gallo, 55 sightings of Mothman in Chicago during 2017 published on the... Yeah. That was last year. That was. Published on the website of self-described... I was going to talk about how he's popular again right now. Published on the website of self-described Fortean researcher Lon Strickler are a selective sample. Gallo explains that he's not sampling random people and asking if they saw the Mothman. He's just counting the number of people that voluntarily came forward to report the sighting. According to Gallo, people more likely to visit a paranormal-centric website like Strickler's might also be more inclined to believe in and therefore witness the existence of a Mothman, Mm -hmm. which is very similar to the point that Alice had made. Yeah. Some pseudoscience adherents... uh, such as u- ufologists. I always think I'm saying it wrong, but that's how you say it. Ufologists. Really? Okay. Do you, people who study UFOs. I mean, yeah, I figured. <laughs> um, some pseudoscience adherents, such as ufologists, paranormal authors, and cryptozoologists, claim that Mothman was an alien, a supernatural manifestation, or a previously unknown species of an animal. In his 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies, author John Keel claimed that the Point Pleasant residents experienced precognitions, including premonitions, of the collapse of the Silver Bridge, unidentified flying object sightings, visits from inhuman or threatening men in black, and other phenomena. Hmm. Point Pleasant held its first annual Mothman Festival in 2002, and a 12-foot-tall metallic statue of the creature, created by artist and sculptor Bob Roach, was unveiled in 2003. Wait, wait, wait. Bob Roach, Bob Roach made, made the Mothman? Mothman? Yes. All right. All right. Just as long as yes. I'm not the only one who caught that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Mothman Museum and Research Center. <laughs> wait. What are they researching? Opened in 2005 and is run by Jeff Walmsley. The festival is a weekend-long event held on the third weekend of every September. There's a variety of events that go on during the festival, such as guest speakers, vendor exhibits, a Mothman pancake eating contest. Of course, sure, yeah. 
And Hayride Tours, focusing on the notable areas of Point Pleasant. I don't know if you know this, but um, it's pretty widely known that pancakes are the Mothman's favorite food. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> so here are various times that the Mothman has been featured in popular culture. Ugh, there's so many. So there's the Mothman Prophecies, loosely based on the 1975 novel of the same name. Mothman, a, sci- a 2010 sci-fi original movie. Mothman was the focus of a segment of Unsolved Mysteries, mm-hmm. but um, when the show came back in the early 2000s with Dennis Farina, originally aired July 29th, 2002. The Mothman is the subject of the Blitz Kids song, Genus Unknown. In episode two of the short-lived TV series, X-Testers, the researchers attempted to duplicate alleged photographs of Mothman. The video game Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow, Mothman is one of three cryptozoology-based monsters, along with the Yeti and the Flying Humanoid. It appears again as an enemy in Castlevania Portrait of Ruin. Mothman is a recurring demon in the Shin Megami Tensei franchise. Hmm. Um, There's a French novel that I'm not going to try and pronounce right, but it means the eyes of terror, and it's written by Jimmy Gilles. Cool. In 1977 and published at... uh, the editions Fleuve Le Noir. The Mothman appears in France in Var near the Malmont. The title of the novel is a reference to the Mothman's red eyes. In season one, episode five of Mountain Monsters, the crew of expert hunters and trappers attempt to capture the Mothman of Mason County, West Virginia. Mm. Mothman was also in the Weird or What episode hosted by William Shatner that originally aired on September 26, 2011. The paranormal In the show Paranormal Witness... Uh, episode titled The Mothman Curse. A couple claims to have awakened the Mothman and that he followed them home. (laughs) In season four, episode one of the BuzzFeed Presents series, BuzzFeed Unsolved, BuzzFeed employees Ryan Bergara and Shane Madej travel to Point Pleasant and try and encounter the Mothman. In season four, episode five of Monster Quest in 2010, uh, Mothman is featured in the video game Fallout 76, which takes place in West Virginia. In 2018, Mothman was included as a vinyl figure in the Cryptozoic Entertainment's Cryptkin's Blind Blind Box toy line. A musical titled Mothman, the Herald of Doom, written by Trezell Tagnault and composed by Hannah Sauter, Robin Gibson, premiered at the Evergreen State College Festival on May 10th, 2018 and ran through May 12th. The musical centered on a reporter from the New York Times arriving in Point Pleasant to investigate sightings of the Mothman and an outcast teenage girl's own encounters with the Mothman. When is that coming to Off-Broadway? Great question. (laughs) And the popular real-play RPG podcast The Adventure Zone features the Mothman as a side character in its amnesty campaign that's set in West Virginia. There are also many, many, many books available about the Mothman. Damn. He's so Mr. it's the Mothman of West Virginia, and that man get around because he, he got seen in Chicago. It's almost like he has big wings, like a twelve foot wingspan. He like go wherever. Yeah, for real. It's a motherfucking moth. I just imagine he flies up really high, and due to the way that we see distance, like he just looks like a moth, but he's so far away, <gasps> he looks like he's he like close tiny. and just little. Oh, That's what it is. That's solve smart. the mystery. Done. There you now go, BuzzFeed. It's now solved. He should be. BuzzFeed yeah. solved mysteries. Yeah, featuring dead time stories. <laughs> so yeah, 
Stephanie, we didn't do it last week, but I'm itching for one this week. Yeah, you What's are. What's your fetish five? I need to have a little, like, a little ditty that plays here. Like, I know, right? Do, 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 do. It's Stephanie's uh, fetish five. like that. So, um, I'm going to talk about what you might already know what this means, but it's a euphemism. Uh, I'm going to be talking about water sports. Oh. Some of you may have heard of a golden shower. Stop. You mean the thing that our president loves? Water sports uh, is someone who takes pleasure in either peeing on someone or someone peeing on them. Or watching someone pee. Or playing with pee. What, you look like you have a question. Do they wear the arm life floaters? Oh, the little floaty arms? I mean... Maybe it's somebody a water does. Sport. You don't want to drown. I mean, if you're into that, they say fine. What you love, do it till it kills you. Um, pee. <laughs> uh, this is one of the more innocuous fetishes. Although some people are weird and like want to be like waterboarded with pee. <laughs> no. Some people want to be waterboarded with blood. With what? With blood. <laughs> That's so much. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. But water sports. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? Water sports are very popular. Uh, sexual activity in which urine is involved, the presence of urine is generally considered erotic for those indulging in the urine-related activities. So, yeah, water sports are incredibly popular. <laughs> is it? They are. And oh. I will tell you, I myself am not into water sports. I'm not, I'm not interested. But I have dated some people who were into it. I remember you telling me. Yeah. There was a person I dated who wanted me to pee on him. And um, I was like, I have a shy bladder. I, <laughs> I'm a little, I can't pee I, you're looking at Like, me. I want to sit and pee on a toilet. And it was awkward. Um, <laughs> it's not for me? It's not for me. But I'm also like, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm just like, I'm not that into it. But it also doesn't bother me. But um, one time, uh, like the first time I, I tried to pee on, on him, we were in my apartment in Brooklyn, um, and I was like, well, lay in the tub, because I don't want to get pee on anything. Messy and, business. Uh, it was dark, and he was unfamiliar with my bathtub, and he was trying to lay in my bathtub, and then like he moved and like sat up and hit his head on the faucet. <laughs> And I remember thinking it was really funny, and then he was like, he was really mad. <laughs> and I was like, you hurt yourself trying to get peed on. This is, this funny, is funny, okay? <laughs> like, you need to get a sense of humor. But, yeah, people are super into it. Um, sometimes it's about the... Sometimes it plays a lot into other kinks. So it plays into, yeah. like, shame and degradation, like, people who are into that. Or it can play into, like, age play and, like, ABDL with, like, people who wear diapers. Stop. Um, okay. But, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um, and then, like, the, the, like, shame involved with, like, someone peeing on themselves. Like, there are people who are, like, into that. Um, yeah. There's all sorts of all sorts of weird stuff out there. Yes, there is. Um, and water sports, yeah, is uh, that's what they call it when you like to pee on people and or have other people pee on you. Not to be confused with the Olympic sports. Not to be confused with like you know water skiing or water you know windsurfing or something like those kinds of water sports. Because the kind isn't where you want to get really peed on water. 
It's this not. It's more like urine sports. And it's not really sport. It's like, well, I guess you could, you know, I was going to say it's games you play. They're fun if you're into it. But yes, water sports. <laughs> if you're into games. That's a... Uh... You're into games. Yeah. She's Sarah. Oh, and she's Stephanie, and she didn't like my pee joke. <laughs> Siri! <laughs> go somewhere. She looked for see you, Sarah. <laughs> Siri, look up Dead Time Stories. I'm officially late for rehearsal, so I have to go. All right. But, and you guys should look up Dead Time Stories, too. So look up Dead Time Stories. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, Dead Time Stories, all one word with a Z. If you want to email us, it's Dead Time Stories, all one word with a Z, at gmail.com. And yeah, look us up, uh, rate us, review us. We're on Spotify now. We're you on bitch. Spotify, bitches. So now you have no excuse not to listen to us because we're on every we're single platform, bitch. Tell your friends, review. Tell your friends to review. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. I'm Stephanie. I'm Zero. And this is Dead Time Stories. <laughs> thank you for listening. I'm going to the Dairy Queen. You, you a blizzard? blizzard? <laughs> Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 